Thanksgiving to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have your Bibles, 1 Kings chapter 3. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7 through 14. We're going to read those scriptures in just a moment. And tonight, what I want to talk to you about is prayer. Um, and, but what I want to do tonight is, you know, lately I've been on this track about, you know, the, the essences of prayer and, 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 and getting behind the words. Because how many know if we're not careful, we just treat prayer as words? You know, something we do, we speak, and, and, and that's all there is. But I believe in our text is going to show us some, uh, why Solomon's prayer was answered. And tonight, I'm not trying to teach you necessarily if you do what Solomon did, that your prayers will be answered. But I do believe if you have Solomon's heart, your prayers will be answered. Did you, did you hear what I said? That if you have his heart of what he was praying for and why. And I believe that our hearts are very important when it comes to the issue or the discipline, rather, of prayer. And so let's read our text. Amen. This evening, 1 Kings chapter, <laughs> chapter 3. All right, I got it. Verse 7, we're going to start there and read. Actually, we'll just read to 12 tonight. Amen. The Bible says this. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David. But I am a little child and I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge this great people of yours. Verse 10, this speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing, I and I and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there uh, has not been anyone like you before, nor shall any like you arise after you. We'll read verse 13. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall be no one, uh, show, so that there will be anyone like you among the kings all your days. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you, God, for this gathering tonight. I pray, help us uh, in this discipline of prayer, God. Give us understanding tonight, God. I veil myself in your shadow. God, let them see you tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And all God's people said, uh, amen. Solomon's prayer tonight. Solomon's prayer. Let's start with the place of his prayer. To give us some background here about our scripture, Solomon has become king. Uh, his age at this time is about 14 years old. He has just been put into that position by God. He will now take on the daunting task of leading God's people. Verse 7 in our text says, You have made me your servant, uh, you have made your servant king instead of my father, but I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. Here we see the base of, of prayer. Solomon realized that he was overwhelmed. He realized he, he had limitations. And what ultimately this shows us is that prayer starts with humility and not entitlement. That when we start to pray, we first realize what we really are. Can you say amen? That we are desperate. Can you say amen? That we are uh, not deserving of something. Also, prayer is admitting that I'm not able to. 
In other words, prayer, amen, if you get up and pray in the morning or you pray whenever during the day, whatever the case may be, you're saying, God, I cannot. God, I can't do it. God, I don't have the strength. I don't have the know-how. This is above my pay grade. Somebody said amen. See, what we say is, in other words, I don't have the intellect nor the skill to, be, to handle this. Lord, I need your help. Solomon says, I don't know how to go in or come out. I don't know. And so, God, I am seeking your face. Solomon is showing us that prayer isn't just asking for something, but it is showing God that I don't trust myself, but I trust you. Huh? That I don't trust myself, but I trust you. I get worried when people don't pray. Because it starts to seep in as if you think you know everything. Or we begin to think, I can just handle it. I'll figure it out. I'll get past it. And listen to me. Let me just set this real quick. You may get past it, but you may not get past it right. How many know I can walk, amen, and have a chainsaw cut off my leg? I got past it. But that don't mean I got past it right. So prayer is saying, God, I want to do this right. Can you say amen? Psalms 105.3, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice, who seek the Lord, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forever or evermore. Prayer is to embrace our limitations and to put us in our proper place. A weak people who desperately need a strong savior. Prayer is asking God for supernatural intervention. Can you say amen? So Solomon realized that if I'm going to lead millions in the proper way, I will need supernatural means in order to do it. Psalms 27, 8, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. How I many know oh, that needs to be our heart? Can you say amen? God, I will seek you in everything down to the littlest of decisions, whether to buy a blue pen or a black pen. Real quick, God, which one? I want to do this right. You understand what I'm saying? You know, so many times we're making tons of decisions without even seeking God in them. The other place where Solomon's prayer came from was fear. Not the fear of people, but a fear that he would steward improperly what God had given to him. Verse 8 of our text, and your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people too numerous to be numbered or counted. He says, your people that you have chosen. In other words, God, this is yours that you are giving me to steward, and I'm going to pray and make sure I do this right because I don't want to mess up what you've given me. We must have the same heart in prayer. This is why it is so important to pray, amen, because God has tasked you with a ministry. He has tasked you with a family. He has made you a steward, amen, over people in some capacity, whatever it may be. Amen. You need to be praying. Can you say amen? Because you're leading somebody. And we need to be praying and seeking God's face and all of these things because prayer oftentimes gives us insight that our intellect does not. 
What Solomon is saying, God, if I'm going to handle your people, if I'm going to do this, God, give me what I need to do it. Because it's yours. Do you realize that everything that you have is God's? And you need to steward it properly. How often have we prayed about our ministries? How often have we prayed about what direction to take our families? Because ultimately, that's God's. When I look at my sons, I go, those are mine. And God's like, those are mine. You're absolutely right. When I look at my family, God, this is my family. And God's like, well, that's mine. Yeah, I better handle this properly. You need to be praying, folks. Especially in this day and age where everything is becoming gray and nothing's black and white no more. You need to be praying and asking God, God, help me. Let's move to the request. As we move along through our scripture, we come to verse 9. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? Verse 10 is key here. The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. A couple of things I want you to see here. Number one, notice, uh, amen, the request of Solomon. He asks for understanding, to be able to discern. In other words, he asks for wisdom. He must have remembered what his father said in Proverbs 2 and 1. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and, the, and find the knowledge of God. The Bible tells that, that this request Please the Lord. The word pleased here actually means accepted. Not that it made God happy, but that he accepted what Solomon was asking for. Listen to me. When we pray correctly, not necessarily words, but when we pray with the right heart, amen, God begins to accept. Can you say amen? Because God sees what, why we are praying for this. He was praying for wisdom because he understood what he was going to have to do. Listen to what God tells Solomon in verse 11 of our main text. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. The prayer was accepted, which leads us to believe that some prayers are rejected. And maybe because we don't have the right heart behind it. It may be the right prayer, but maybe the right, not the right heart. But God accepted Solomon's prayer because though Solomon would gain wisdom from it, he asked for it for others. This gives us perspective about our prayer lives and how we ought to pray. That as we pray, sometimes we can pray very selfishly. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't pray for yourself. I'm not saying that you shouldn't ask God for things for you. But ultimately, amen, what we see here is that God was, a, uh, was pleased or accepted prayer that was not about the person, but about the task of God's people. In other words, it went out from him. It would benefit him ultimately, but it would also benefit the people. 
And so when we pray, we must pray like that, not praying just to give me, give me, give me, God. But God, as I'm praying for this, let it be a benefit to the house of God. Let it be a benefit to your will. You understand what I'm saying here? Let it be a benefit to people. Amen. Let this be used to touch others. And that's how we should be praying. When you pray for that better job, pray for it so that you can be used by God. Not so that you can just buy a house. God, I pray for more money, but often we don't finish it with, so I can give more. We kind of stop there, don't we? God, I pray for more money. Open the windows. I mean, we get, we get fancy with it. God, open the glass pane windows of heaven, Lord. Oh, from the mountaintops to the range, God. We, I mean, we just go off. Oh, let it flow as a river, God. And then we stop right there. <laughs> And we never say, God, let it flow as a, a river to another river to another river to another. God accepted Solomon's prayer because Solomon was not praying just for him. He was praying for the task to be used. See, the things we ask for from God should have an intent, an aim that should be outside of us. That would bring God glory and would be used again for God's will to be accomplished through our lives. See, prayer is not just for you, but it's for others. James 5, 16, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. That's not, James is not talking about just for the person praying, but he's saying it avails much that it does things in the earth. It goes out. Can you say amen? When you pray for that loved one, when you pray for that person who is sick, when you pray for that person who's not saved, listen to me, it's not about you anymore. It's about them and those prayers begin to go out. And God is showing us in this text that we ought not to pray for solely our own benefits, but that we should pray for the benefit of others. You know, when me and my wife, we were looking to buy a home and we prayed for the right home. We said, God, I want, we want the right home. And, you know, we bought the house and, and God blessed us with it. But one thing that we understood is that this house wasn't for us. I'll just jack some of y'all up. Look, look, look at y'all like, well, who's it for? I'll show you who it's for. Look around. That's who it's for. Look behind you. That's who it's for. That's what your house is for. That's why he gave you the open living room. That's why he gave you the AC. So all those hot bodies can cool off. Somebody say amen. We understood that this house was not just for us. That this is going to be able to benefit for fellowships. This is going to benefit for Bible studies. This is not about me and her and the family, but this is about others that are there in Portsmouth. And thank God when we moved here, it's still a blessing because it blessed another couple who's living there and using it for fellowships and different things. And it just keeps going. Can you say amen? You got to realize, man. The stuff that God gives us through prayer is not only for us. That's why we ask people to testify. Why? Because that testimony is not just for you. 
but it's for that person who's down and out, who, who has lost faith, can you say amen, who doesn't believe anymore, and all of a sudden they hear, yeah, I was on outreach, and I don't like outreach, but I outreach, and all of a sudden 25,000 people got to say, like, oh, if it happened for you. I'm going to make a confession, then I'm going to close. I was talking to Pastor Howard. I heard testimonies. Uh, I was watching the Prescott Bible Conference, and, and, and one guy gave this testimony. He said, he said that this lady was blind, and, 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 she, and he prayed for her, and she would see. Now, I got to admit to you, the first question was, how blind was she? Was she legally blind? Because you can still see when you're legally blind. Was she shadow blind? Was she see men in the tree blind? <laughs> or was she Stevie Wonder blind? You know what I'm saying? Like, which one was it? Because, you know, you hear it, but you're like, blind, blind? <laughs> like, just straight up blind. Like, just black all day blind. Because it's like, why? But listen to me as I'm questioning the blindness. God is dealing with me like, son, listen to the testimony. Forget how blind she was. The fact that she couldn't see is great enough for you, son. And it did so. I need to start praying for people. <laughs> Instead of worrying about how blind she is. But that's what we do. When we get people get well, I got a house. Well, how? Like, what, you will paperwork? Like, what'd you have to do? Those things are not for you to question. But they try to build your faith. Like let God impute something in you to build your faith. And these are all examples of what God can do through prayer. Again, our prayers are not just about us. We should be, we, we, we should be sharing our prayer, if you will. We should be asking God to help other people. Let's close tonight what God gave. Verse 12, uh, we'll actually uh, start in verse 13. The Bible says, and I have also given you what you have not asked for, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. What we see here is that God actually goes above the prayer. Solomon is like, look, I just need wisdom. And God's like, eh, that's cool. I can give that. But you know what? Let's give you some money on the side, too. Yeah, I give you, you know, fine. I give you some wisdom, too. But, you know, I'm kind of big here. I'll give you some honor. He goes above the prayer. Why? Because of Solomon's humility during the prayer. That he says, God, I am not worthy of any of this. And I'm asking for something that I'm not worthy of. And that's all I want, God. And God goes, because of your heart, because you are asking for riches, because you weren't being selfish, because you came to me with humility, with my people in mind and my task in mind, God goes, I'm going to give you even more. And how many know that's possible even today? That when we pray with the right heart, with the right spirit, with humility and saying, God, I don't deserve anything. I'm not entitled that you pray for one thing. And how many have the testimony? All of a sudden, it becomes something more than what you pray for because God honors humility and God will give you more than what you're asking Matthew 6 33 is the flavor here what I'm saying but first uh, but seek the kingdom of God first and all his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you seek God first 
and other things will be added, things that you have not asked for. This is what Solomon did, and this is how we should be. Righteousness with God, seeking the face of God, and God honors that if it's in his will. And we'll go even beyond the original request. Ephesians 3 and 20. Now to him who was able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by 